How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. It's another Monday. Been doing lots of stuff this weekend. Been spending a lot of time in the shop, sweating. It's been hot. Spent some time out at the lake, and I've got Mr. Meredith calling me right this second. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to have him on today. We're going to do a little little catch-up. It's been a while since we've done one with him. And, uh, yeah, if you're following us on iTunes, make sure to jump on and uh, hit that subscribe button. Follow along with us on social media under BTBN, Instagram, Facebook, those type of things. And I really appreciate you guys following along. So, without further ado, Mr. Michael Meredith. What's going on with you, man? Uh, not a whole lot. Just got just walked out of the shop in here to the house to cool off for a minute. Been working on a couple of orders. Yeah, yeah. It's dude. It's so freaking hot. I had the day off today and uh, spent most of the day relegated to the shop. And it is 150 degrees outside. Oh, I'm so glad I have an air conditioner that works somewhat. You know, it's not. My shop's not the most insulated, but it stays cool enough that I don't go out there and sweat myself to death. So I can work comfortably without dying, and it's so much nicer than working when I used to work in the garage. Oh, my gosh, it was miserable. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like if I don't get up by 5.30 on days that I'm not working, even on the weekends, I'll be up by like 5, 5.30, and I'll try to be done by like 10 o'clock because if not, everything's just sticking to me by that point. Oh, sawdust, man, sawdust gets all over you. Like, once you start sweating, that stuff just takes to you, and there's nothing you can do. You are miserable the rest of the day with that crap on you. It's, it's awful. It's awful. Dude, I was uh, I was doing some ABW today, and then I came inside at, like, 2, and it looked like I had a nice tan because it is evenly distributed <laughs> across... Yep. Absolutely. Even with the dust collector, I've got the dust collector and the air filtration, and I usually run a, a little small fan behind me, blowing everything toward my my uh, those vent hoods and everything. That stuff still gets all over you. It's it's just awful. It's awesome. I I've been using uh, uh Josh's freaking shop vac method here the last couple. Oh of weeks. yeah, it makes a big difference. But it my hand from not being used to being open is wide. You know, because you hold it like you're holding, you know, a screwdriver yeah. or something. And with that shop vac hose right up against the cutter, like, you know, your hand goes from being used to pinching something, you know, pinching your forefinger and your thumb together, to having like a good inch and a half diameter hose in between it. It, uh, yeah, it do my, it, I don't know, it just locks up my hands. But See, I've always turned with my left hand open. I, I'm like I've seen guys do it, but I turn. I have always turned with my left hand open instead of like holding anything, and I keep like my my little finger and my ring finger and my index finger up to keep that. St- I use my hand as a shield when I'm turning, so I never have anything come back on my face anyway. So I could probably do the way Razio does it without a whole lot of adjustment. It just looks comfortable to keep up that pose while he's doing that. It's it's not bad. I wish I had a longer handle on my turning tools. So that way I could... Because everything's like super... You only have like 9, 10 inches on the uh, the handle. So you're trying to keep yep. everything together. So if I could rig up a way to like attach the hose to the tool so I'm not having to hold the hose, 
and then I had a little bit longer handle. It's more comfortable, but I use it for like rounding off blanks and you know getting everything down to diameter before I start making yeah. like precision cuts and stuff. Yeah, any, any little bit helps. I mean, I'm, I'm not as neat as what Josh is in his, especially in his little trail, trailer that he pulls around. And that guy must spend as much time cleaning that shop as he does using it because it's always spotless. My shop looks like a tornado went through it all the time. Yeah, man, I feel you. I have to, every time the lathe goes off, I have the shop vac right next to it, and I just immediately have to do everything. But, you know, that's only getting the stuff that's right there, not that layer of crap that's floating through yeah. the air and sitting down on the cars, on the kids' bikes, you know, oh. all the fun stuff. I'm so glad I don't have to listen to that either. You know, that was that was the old shot when I was still working in the garage and I had my workbench there. My wife parked her car in the garage and it was a disaster. <laughs> Got my shop behind the house now. All my stuff stays out there. If it's a mess, it's my own mess and it's nothing that I'm worried about anybody else griping about. You know, it's all enclosed. Dude, my, so biggest, my biggest fear all the time is... Uh, getting ready to do like insert tenons and stuff like that is having that uh four and a half you know inch piece of whatever you're using and uh being in the garage and you know how many times blanks explode or they freaking come loose out of the chuck or some kind of craziness that's always my biggest fear is that thing shooting through a window i'm like oh god i I would never hear the end of it i'm not gonna tell on anybody but i have seen that happen not myself but i've seen that happen in another well-known call maker's garage where a piece of wood come off a lathe and hit his wife's car behind us. <laughs> no! So what did Will tell her? <laughs> she doesn't know about it as far as I know. <laughs> That's too funny. That's immediately guessed the right call maker. Though, right? I, I think it actually hit the window of, like, the passenger side window of her vehicle and bounced. It didn't break nothing, but it, yeah. I would rather it hit the window than hit the car. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. It hit the window and just bounced off. And he turned around and looked at me, and his eyes got huge. And he went, oh, no. And once we did our little damage assessment of the side of the vehicle, we were like, yeah, it's all good. We're, ta- we're taking this to the grave. Luckily, <laughs> that's exactly right. Women, women don't listen to this whatsoever. So, hey, statute of limitations <laughs> even for your wife has run out by this point, I believe. So we're good. <laughs> right. So what have you been doing, man? You've been... Uh, Working like crazy man. still, or things busy at the golf course in the summer? Uh, this this time of year, man, is our busy season. I mean, and especially with this COVID crap, everybody is playing golf. It's <laughs> it's it's so insane to think that people that that have never hit a golf ball in their life are thinking of ways to get out of the house and be able to 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 do things and socialize because you can keep six feet apart on a golf course. And we have absolutely been covered up. Of course, with it being hot, you know, there's all the things that come along with that on a golf course anyway. Um, so we've been we've been hooked up. We poured 19 yards of concrete today working on new cart path on a tee box. I mean, it's the, the May, June, July, and August we stay hooked up, absolutely hooked up. Do you guys have to, like, uh, with our city courses in town and stuff like that, a lot of people – that was one of the uh, approved activities that you could do, you know, back in May or whatever. Yeah. And they were jumping all over people because instead of going and hanging out at the bar, people were uh, just going out to the golf course and doing what people do at golf courses, except it uh, 
now is a violation of the rules. Really? Yeah, you know, like, you know, if you are got you and a couple buddies and you have a couple carts and a cooler in the back of it, they were just hanging out and, uh, you know, playing golf at the same time, but they weren't practicing safe social distancing. We, we started actually today is the first day that it's that statewide mandate to wear a mask and all that crap. Um, and half, or if not more than half of local law enforcement have already come out and said they weren't going to enforce it. So, um, we, you know, we try to tell people we've got signs up. You have to wear a mask to come in the clubhouse. You have to be six feet apart. If at all possible, we have stuff like we've taken all of our coolers off the golf course. We used to have coolers on, uh, Two coolers on the front nine, two coolers on the back nine, so we would get water. We've pulled all that stuff. There's no bunker rakes in the bunker, so you don't have to worry about wrecking your sand. We've done all kinds of stuff to, to minimize the opportunity for people to congregate, but still golf. Once you get to the green, there's still three or four people putting at the same target, so you're going to have to get somewhat close. Um, well, yeah, it's a social sport, man. Absolutely. I mean, it's no different than then there's a local 3D archery range. He's still having 3D shoots. you got to have somebody to attest your score when you shoot 3D, so you're going to be, you know, two guys shoot together so that they can attest each other's score. You're still going to have to go down there and pull your air out of your 3D target, and you're going to be within six feet. There's just... Uh, the, uh, I don't know, man. I could get wound up in a hurry if I, if I ain't careful. <laughs> Me and my wife got into it the other day over some of this stuff. I think it's all stupid. Yeah, well, especially for what you do, you know, for work and stuff, inside the clubhouse, I get it. If that's the mandate and they want people to do it inside the clubhouse, no big deal. If you're outside, where it's been statistically proven to kill 99.9%, you know, depending on whatever you listen to, whatever news article of choice is, being outside, there's absolutely zero hazard. And that's that's the... uh Another thing that that gets me, you can read studies that say mask help prevent blah, 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 and you can read studies and look at California. I mean, California's had this mask mandate for months, and their numbers are still skyrocketing. So there are studies that can prove mask work, and there are studies from reputable sources that can prove masks are absolutely useless. So who do you believe? Well, How exactly. do you, well, you if, know? if you go back to what was it, February, Fauci or whatever the, the main dude is, said yep. masks don't matter. Don't buy a mask. They don't matter. They don't do anything. And then two months later, he's like, everybody buy mask. And it's like, okay, I get it if you learn something, but there's there's so much politics wrapped up in all the nonsense. I'll wear it because I need a paycheck and my job requires it nowadays. But if it's on my own free time, I don't wear the crap unless I'm going somewhere it's mandated. Well, we had, it's kind of a long story, but we hired a a couple of guys the Monday after the 4th of July. They started the month, so that would have have been the the 6th, July 6th. One of the guys, he worked for us Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday morning, he got a call from the health department that he had tested positive. Didn't tell us he had tested nothing, just... They called him Wednesday morning while he was working. He tested positive, and he had to leave. So 
once we figured out the situation and started talking to him, the Friday before is when he tested. So he tested on Friday, came to work on Monday, went home on Wednesday positive. So we had to test everybody. Yeah, everybody theoretically could have shut you guys down. We had to cancel the biggest tournament of the year over it. Whoa. Yeah. So that was the week leading up to our biggest tournament of the year. Dude, that that next thousands, weekend. That's thousands in sponsorships and freaking. Oh all yeah, thousands, thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. We had to, we had to lost. But the next Monday, so he tests Friday. Test. He took his test on Friday. Two Mondays later, he shows up to work with a letter from the Department of Health, the Arkansas Department of Health, that said he was symptom free and had completed his isolation protocol from the Arkansas Department of Health and was free and clear to go back to regular activities. 11 days. From the time he took his test to the time they cleared him to come back to work. That's freaking crazy, man. Explain to me how that fits their 14-day narrative in any way, shape, or form. Maybe it's just that they want the extra time for, you know, because if you get a normal cold, you're usually down and out for about a week. You know, most of us just tough it out. You might miss one day if you have a really bad day, but most of us tough it out and go back to work. So maybe they're like, well, if it normally lasts a week, maybe we'll just make it last two weeks or something. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, and the same day that this guy got here, this is where it really gets to where I start thinking that, that there's so much excess going on. The same day that he, that he went home, I called my wife and said, hey, I've been exposed to a guy that, because I had to work with him Tuesday. We were cutting some trees and stuff like that, and I had those guys out there, you know, loading loading brush and me hauling brush off while I was cutting it. So I was around him all day Tuesday. I called my wife, told her what happened. She was in a panic herself because a patient she was delivering the baby of tested positive. This lady threw a fit she said, there's no way I could have tested positive. I have kept myself isolated for months because I knew this was coming. Knew I was going to have to have, you know, the whole spill. Lady threw a fit. They tested her three more times and sent one off to the main lab. Every one of those came back negative. So, how many false positives are out there, too? Dude, did you see uh, Texas just like two or three days ago? They're like one of the biggest, the fastest uh, rising states or whatever in positive cases. They had to walk back like 10,000 of the tests that were wrong. And that's just what they announced that they were taking back. It's it's all nonsense. And I, uh, not this last Friday because today's Monday, but the one before that, dude, on Thursday I was at work. And I just started feeling like crap, dude. Like, felt horrible. Stopped and got Dayquil along the way. Was taking Dayquil. Freaking had a migraine going on. Started having like some congestion. And uh, it was like 8.30 at night. And you know, I get up at like 4.30 in the morning to go to work. And I text my boss at like 8.30. And I was like, hey man, I I really need to call in because I feel bad. I was like, if it was just normal times, I would just take Dayquil and get the fuck over it. You know, and come to work. Yeah. um, if I call off, am I going to have to jump through a bunch of hoops to come back? I was like, I don't think it's anything. You know, I just I just don't feel great. I feel like I have a little cold or whatever. 
And he was like, well, now that I know you're showing symptoms, you can't come back. So I had to take that Friday off, miserable until Sunday. Spent the whole day at the lake on Sunday because it was my daughter's birthday. Yeah. And uh, I've had a little bit of congestion the whole time, but uh, not anything. It's just like a normal little cold. Like, I don't know what it was. I never got tested. I'm not going to get tested unless I just, like, take a drastic downturn. But anytime I go anywhere, like, I have to fight the urge to cough because I feel like if I <laughs> cough anywhere, people are going to freak out. You know, people like Monsters, Inc. They're going to give you that look. Do you remember Monsters, Inc., that kid movie? Yes. Yeah, they just so I'd cough and somebody would yell out 2319, and then they'd come jump yep. me and yep. take me away. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the way it is now. And with, you know, with Walmart, with their crazy mask mandate and all these places, the whole thing is just, I don't know. I'm not saying that the virus ain't real. It obviously is real. I think it's being over... Oh, what's a good word? I think it's being over-dramatized to the max for... Well, hell, for, for mainly political purposes, in my opinion. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I get it when it originally came around. Nobody knew what it was. And when they were initially taking reports, it was like 8% of people that were catching it were freaking dying that couple yep. of weeks or whatever. And it looked Especially like it was, in like Italy. Wasn't it Italy where they were talking about people just dying at just outrageous yeah, numbers? Yeah, like crazy. So if you take 350 million Americans that live here and you wipe out 8% of them, that is a huge, huge thing. Like it was kind of sketchy at yeah. first. And uh, then they were like, oh, it only affects old people. And I was like, well, I'm good. I'm not worried about it. I don't have any old people even in my life, you know? Like, my parents are in their 50s. Like, I'm not super concerned. I don't see them have to have hand-to-hand, you know, contact with anybody that much. And uh, I wasn't super concerned about it at all, but it looked like it was going to be much, much worse than it ended up being. Now it's like .001%. Yeah, it's... uh... It's, it's, uh, I, I think it's way out of proportion. Like in, in Arkansas now, our, our positive cases going through the roof here lately. I mean, you know, to 30,000 plus and we've like 300 and something deaths. Well, so, yeah, they're, they're testing more people. Well, yeah, but, and how many of those tests are false positives? Like exactly. what my wife got to deal with where people test positive and instead of going, there's no way, they just go, well, hell, I get 14 days off work. I'm fixing to enjoy this, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. So, I have a, a super funny story about like a false positive. When my first daughter was, uh, we were pregnant with my first daughter with me and my ex. And, you know, you go in for, like, a health appointment, and they just do the natural screenings to make sure you don't have any kind of anything. So I come home from work the next day, and my ex is crying. And she was like, well, do you have anything you want to tell me? I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, she tested positive for something. And I was like, whoa, what the, you know, what in the fuck do you want to tell me? You know, what What are you talking about? I've been, yeah. I've been good. I don't know what you're talking about. I was in the Navy still. I was like, I get tests all the time. I'm clean. So I don't know what you're talking about. So we went back and had to get three more tests all negative. And it was like, dude, the doctor was like, oh, my bad. I was like, you could have freaking yeah. caused a fucking 
you know, uh, divorce over you this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it was, the the false positive thing is a uh, a sketchy ordeal, brother. <laughs> you know, yeah, in that situation there, it could be really, really bad really quickly, too. <laughs> right. Uh, what about you, man? I've seen you've been turning some calls here lately, getting, getting after it pretty good. Okay, so my schedule right now it's monday the uh the girlfriend has class and then she does she does clinicals on mondays so i have to be off on mondays to pick up the kids because i'm the only one available to pick up my kids so i've been having three-day weekends for like the last two months so it's been like three days of turning and then nothing and three days of turning so yeah man i've been uh hitting it pretty hard because when she's doing clinicals, I can't be inside the house oh. for like HIPAA reasons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'll come inside just coated in freaking sawdust and sweat, and like my shirt is soaked and stuff. And I'm like, I need to get a drink of water. Can I have some water? She's like, Get your water and get out of here. You know, get <laughs> out, get your ass on the moon. <laughs> so, I'm like, Well, if I'm gonna be out here dying, I guess I'm gonna be getting work done, man. Hey, that's, did you see where Will posted the other day that his wife locked him out of the house while he was in the shops? No. So I don't, I don't know exactly what happened, but he was in the shop and they left to go, like, she took the kids to the store or something, or to go shopping and locked the back door. No. So he was locked out of his house in his own backyard and couldn't get to where he could do anything for the afternoon. That sucks. <laughs> He didn't yeah. have his phone or anything? Uh-uh. Damn. That's freaking yeah, funny. funny. That is funny, funny as can be, man. Well, yeah. I, heard, I saw that uh, you two got called out the other day to do some kind of build-off type situation. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. We're still trying to negotiate terms on this deal. Seem to be lots of lots of ideas and no real set thing i want to do something different we've talked about me and him have talked about um making calls and then um doing a sound file where he blows my call and i blow his call and not tell anybody or something like that just something off the wall make everything different so that nobody has any idea what's going on. But I don't know what we'll do. We'll come up with something to make it interesting. Bro, you guys live close enough that you need to do a head-to-head build-off. Eh. Just take a day, go up to his shop, freaking live stream the sucker, or him come down to your shop. Live- See, here's the deal. His air conditioner don't work as good as mine. Ooh. And we don't have good you enough have no service way. in my shop yeah, for us to live stream service. Yeah. So we're kind of, do you want good service or do you want to be cool while you're doing it? What about at Allen's? So he can provide beers and entertainment while you guys are working. Oh, that would be, that would be entertaining for sure. <laughs> Dude, I think that's a, that's a cool way of doing it because uh, we haven't really had a conversation since Mingo did his little, uh, his contest yep. with Rusty and Sean Lynn. What'd you think of that? I haven't, see, again, and I was talking to Rusty the other day, I missed the majority of what Mingo did with his big 78 or 80 calls thing that he did because I don't have service at the house. When I've got service, I'm at work. And if I'm at work, I don't have time to sit there at my desk and listen to 
80 videos yeah. of running calls. I just didn't have the time to do it. I caught Rusty talking smack to Sean for most of that stuff. Um, but I don't, I didn't get to see the video. I didn't get to listen to either sound file or any of that mess. I just, I just wasn't where I could. So, uh, I know there's, there's people that got to see a lot more of that than I did. It would probably be better to ask, um, just because. Well, the concept of it, I'm not that. I specific. love the concept of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, they're, they're doing good. And it's kind of like the competition calling thing where, you know, guys are trying to come up with different style contests and, Corey Neekum and I had had a conversation about how, you know, to improve that thing. And then Hunter and I have talked a few times about that. We're supposed to have him on again this, like, next week, I think. But uh, just kind of how to keep entertained, man. It's kind of cool with these little call-outs if they, uh, yeah. if they figure out a way to do it. Because Seth just announced some kind of contest that he's running today. Or, uh, you know, that he's going to run that he yeah. dropped today. And... Uh, just different ideas on how to do it and make it make it work the best to be entertaining, fair. You know, because there's always going to be backlash to every contest. So Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen people picking picking holes in Seth's deal already. You oh, know, dude, it's so, not, it's not good because I like I I love Seth, man. Seth is as nice a guy as you can come, but he's at work and he hadn't even been able to jump on Facebook and defend yeah. the idea that he had. Or he may not. He may be in bed. I think he's working nice right now. He may be in bed, yeah. you know, sleeping, getting ready to go to work. Yeah, and so, freaking, I've seen he's gotten uh, taking some heat on the thing. He hasn't been able to defend the idea right. that might even be misconstrued. I don't know. Well, I, I, I think I think Mingo had a great idea, and him and Sean put together a really cool deal. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and I think Seth's just trying to do something. He maybe could have spaced it out where they weren't so close together. You know, give people a few months to to run to do Mingo's deal and see how that goes, and then space it out to, you know, say another one in October. Since real foot, we're not gonna have real foot. Maybe we could have done one in October or something like that. That would have you know spread them out, give it a little bit more time, let people take call as call makers take the notes they got back from Mingo. And try to improve a call for that one, you know. Yeah, I get that. I won't ever did. I won't ever bash more competitions. You know, it would be really cool. And uh, I don't know whoever wants to freaking come up with an idea like it, but to do the head-to-head callouts, like you know, that Rusty's been throwing out there for different people, or but like have almost a bracketed system. <laughs> Where two guys go up head to head with each other, and then figure out a way to judge it, and then move it on till you have like the great. They've done that. They've done that in some of those pages in calling contests. Yeah, you know some of those different calling contests where they have brackets. All right, we got twelve people. This guy's a one seed. This guy's a two, and then they and then they do that. I could see that. It the only problem with that is what you would have to do. I think would be build a call. And then if you wanted to let the callmaker make the video or if you wanted to send them all to Mingo, let Mingo say, uh, call A, call B. The winner, that video moves on to the next bracket. 
You know what I mean? I Instead of having to make another call, and because that one turned into a cluster that nobody really wanted to get involved yeah, in. Yeah, I, th- I think that could be really cool. If like Maybe if you kept it to, I don't know, what, like 20 call makers, you have 10 head-to-head competitions. I don't know if 20, I guess 24? I don't remember how a bracket, if 20 would work. Because well, I mean, you could do 32, 32. Yeah, 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 32, 16, something like that. Kind of, I guess like basketball. It's been so long since we've had sports. Yeah. I don't know anymore. 32, uh, before 8, 16, 32, 64. I think we could fill out 32 and then freaking have guys go head-to-head. They mail them off to like a Seth or a Mingo or, you know, anybody, and then just go straight head-to-head about it. And uh, that would be cool. You could do like one of those a freaking week. But do you, you want? Do you want to keep wearing guys like Mingo and Seth out? I mean, that's a lot of work. What Mingo did to run all of those calls and try to get something well, out of all of them see, is that's insane. The thing. Instead of having seventy-two to go through, he would just have two, and then. But guys, he, would, he would have to do it for all of them and make well, right, 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 but you only a have, bracket though. You'd only have two a week. So, like, say you did one side or like one comp. One guy a week or two a week or something like that. Then it's like, hey, next episode. It would go over, like, it would take, like, fucking 20 weeks. But we have, we don't have anything else this year. We have six, we have what? February of next year is the next theoretical competition? Yeah, it would be Nashville. Yeah, so we have plenty of time to do something. And it could be, like, this big, huge, crazy thing where it'd be super fun. Um... And guys could go head to head or whatever, and you you know, um, he would just have to run two, and then the whoever like mails their calls in, just put a return packing slip immediately in there. So you've already yeah. paid for your shipping. All he's got to do is open it, run it, do the the thing. Guys judge it, and then they can slap the sticker back on a new box and freaking send it back out. There's lots of options. I tell you what, though. I was thinking about this the other day. I've enjoyed this kind of stuff more than just going out there and making a call on a freaking on my order books. I have not enjoyed making a call in almost two years. It's just not been fun. I don't. I, I have not enjoyed the pressure of the list last for forever. And we've talked about this before. Just it sucked all the fun out of making calls when you do, when you do what I did. I screwed that up royally. This stuff makes me want to get out there and tinker in the shop. I enjoy making calls for these contests. I enjoy building stuff for Nashville or for Stump Steel in Easton or, um, you know, Real Foot or, or stuff like that. The CWA that didn't happen this year. I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. It gives me something to look forward to. Um, so this thing would be the same way. It would get a little, get a little bit of fire built in me to go out there and build a call for a contest as opposed to, gee, this guy wants uh, maple burl with brass inlays and African blackwood tips. Wonder what that's going to look like. Yeah, right. you know? dude, I've done so many YCB calls in the Jeez. last few weeks. It's insane. <laughs> oh, if it's nothing just... against that. It just... Like to them, they're seeing your call, Yellow Cedar Burl, for the first time. To you, it's number 30 on the year, Yellow Cedar Burl, that you're doing, and they all look the same. And so, you know, it just gets to be monotonous. That's that's what I had time. to tell the guy, the one that I posted today. 
I was like, I'm kind of running out of ideas how to make these things unique. I've done brass inlays, you know, silver inlays, white inlays, yep. half African blackwood, <laughs> you know, tips, non-tips. Like, yep. it uh, it becomes challenging. But, yeah, I, I've really, really enjoyed the uh, the competition side of things, the trash talking, the, you know, between yep. everybody. It's it's fun. It's entertaining, man. It's uh, and some of the some of the stuff me and Will say. I, I was talking to Rusty yesterday, and he was like, "Man, you've got to make this public. You've got to you've got to drum up some interest so that people are interested. And you need to like him and Sean were going at each other there for a while, which I thought was hilarious. I didn't get to listen to a lot of it, but every time I pulled my phone out, it was Rusty Heron is live on call nuts, or Sean Lynn is live on call nuts doing this, and it's fun. It keeps people gives people something to look forward to." Will's not going to do that. Will's not going to get on there and make a video because he he doesn't. That's just not him. Yeah, I reached out to him to do one of these, and I got no response. He's like, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, I, in all honesty, that may be something we could do. If I'm up there, me and you and him could sit down and do one. He might actually do it with me on the phone with you. Yeah, I think just having that uh, that bounce back and forth. I've, I've thought about trying to figure out a way to get three people on here so that way you can, you know, bounce different ideas, but yeah. the technical aspects of it are far more challenging than what I have now. Well, if if, if I was in his shop, we could sit down and put it on speakerphone. I don't know how well the speakerphone part comes through, but uh, we could throw a phone on speakerphone on table and just sit there and talk back and forth. Well, yeah, Maybe. and that's the bad thing is you're as close to Will as, you're what, an hour and a half from Will? Well, it's right at two hours. See, right at two I'm, hours. I'm at two hours, too. You know, because <laughs> Simon is not that far. I'm going there tomorrow, you know, <laughs> for work. So, yeah, it, it, I think it's something that's doable, and that's, I don't know. There, I have a lot of ideas bouncing around in my head. It's just time of the day to do them. Well, I've learned there's not near enough time in the day to do all the crap I need to get done either, either way. Dude, I so, tell you. What do you got going on right now? What do you mean? You, you're bouncing around something. Oh, I dropped my phone. <laughs> I dropped my phone. Right on. So, are you uh, are you working through your list stuff right now? Or are you, yes, you for the most part. I'll throw. No, I'm not taking orders. Don't start that shit. No, don't, don't even go there. No, I um, I've got some stuff. I've probably got twenty that I started um off a list that I'm and it's the same stuff piecing calls together. You know, this guy wants black ash burl with coca bola and brass, and you've got to. Hey, I got that know, same exact build. I bet I know who it's for. Oh yeah, well I screwed the first one up. Really? Oh yeah, I, you know I'm colorblind. So I just walked out there in the shop and grabbed a piece of black ash burl that I thought was natural dyed black ash burl. Right. Put this thing together, son, it looked good. Coca-Cola tips, brass inlays, uh, brass band, CA finish, and this car was a freaking runner. Sent him a picture of it, and he goes, man, why does it look green? Uh, what the hell are you talking about? He said, man, it's green. That black ash is green. I said, that's not. That's natural. So I had to bring the call in the house and show the wife. And she went, yeah, that's green. That's not going to work. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'm, oh color, I'm colorblind too, man. It's a constant battle. 
Um, I had to send him a picture before I bought the blank from uh, John. And I was like, hey, are you cool with this blank? It's taken me a long time to find some freaking natural black ash burl. Oh, the, the last one he sent to me. He said, man, we're not going to take any chances. I'll buy it and send it to you so you don't screw it up. That's funny as all. So that. that's what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. But that's... for the most part, I mean, my the stuff I'm working on now is coming off of uh, coming off my books. I've got a call out there. I, I bought two. Um. Oh crap! Fordite. You know that paint stuff that everybody's yeah, yeah. been. It's. It's not full pieces of Fordite. It's Fordite cast in clear resin. I bought two of those. <clears throat> and I've been eyeballing them things for forever to want to <laughs> do something with them. So while I started working on these, I took one of them down the other day. And I'm, I'm turning it just for fun, and it'll be a call I sell. Once I get finished, I'll put up for sale. But for the most part, it's orders. Have um, you been doing that, throwing in a, a random fun one every now and then? I try. I try. That's even though they're not as fun as they used to be, you know? Yeah, that's the only way to keep yourself sane, man. If you're if you're not trying to be creative and do something different. Well, even at that, I mean, I've got I've got a piece of uh, Hedgeboro sitting on the shop cabinet with a green hedge cap it's a it's not a cap it's probably a three-quarter inch piece of wood that i cut off of a blank when i was cutting up a barrel mm-hmm. and i'm going to do hedge burl with a green hedge band and probably sleeve it in a piece of green hedge if i can find a good piece that i like you know i don't know when i'm going to get to it but <clears throat> that's that's one i'm going to work on at some point so i've got a couple set aside but it's nothing just crazy i don't have any any other really cool blanks out there like that that I just can't wait to turn. How do you uh, how do you attack your books list? Because I had people that hit me up. And they're like, "Hey man, um, you know, I want to get on your books to do this type of call, this call. You know, like how long of a, a, a wait am I looking at?" And I, I always tell them, "I'm like, well, I have you know some that are ahead of you, but I'm waiting on material for some. I'm waiting on time for some." Yeah if your stuff gets here before another one gets here, you know, I'll bump yours up. I've had guys that have been, that waited, you know, four or five months. Then I've had some that waited less than a week just because I already had it, you know? So what I try to do as best I can is I've got, and I've had guys like, I've not opened my book since February of 2018. Jesus. I just, uh, and I've, I've anybody I get people man I can't believe you do that blah 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 I screwed up I've said that from day one I took on way too much stuff and I burned myself out in a hurry just done just I don't look forward to going to the shop at all anymore it's a way to go out there and sit in my chair in my shop in the air conditioner and drink beer that's about all it's good for anymore. That's, right. that's it, you know. But I try. Um, I've had people once I got back around to them, you know, especially with this COVID mess the last few months. Man, I just I don't think I need to spend any money, or you know, I've got this going on. Can can we do something later on? And and I've I completely understand. 
shouldn't have taken me this long to get to where I'm at now. I'm down to the last page on my list of names. Um, so there's light at the end of the tunnel, but it's still a drag. And I try, say, the stuff I've got working on, um, I should hopefully finish up in the next week, two weeks. Once I get to where I'm starting to tune those calls and getting them ready to ship, I'll get my notebook out again and contact the next 10, 15 people and say, hey, I'm to your name. Do you want to send me a blank? Do you want pictures of what I've got? Um, do you have anything in mind? That way it'll give me a week or so to try to find something for them if they don't have something in mind before I actually get to starting on their calls. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's, that's how I've tried to do it, and I've tried to stay pretty close to the book in order as best I can. Um, there have been a couple of calls uh, that have sentimental value to them or, or something of, you know, somebody gets on the books in, in February of 2018 and said, hey, man, my son's getting married in in April of 2019 this is what I want is there any way you can make that happen at the time I thought absolutely there's not a chance in hell I won't be able to pull that off there's no way I won't be done long before then and then it rolls around time where you're going son of a bitch I may not make it I've got to move that call up because I told this guy I would do that you know that kind of stuff but that's few and far between so <clears throat> that's how I've tried to handle that myself. Yeah, it, it it makes it rough, man. To I don't know that that constant pressure of you know just having people hit you up and you know where where am I standing on the list now? You know, like what's your response to that? Like I'll I'll hit you up as quick as I can, but you're not there yet. Type of situation. Oh gosh, at, at this point, I you know. I've just learned to, to let it go. I don't get aggravated like I used to. I mean, and I've had a couple of guys over the years that were just a pain in the butt to deal with. One dude um, was telling people I'd had his blanks for three years and refused to turn his calls. Just off-the-wall stuff. So I went back to looking at the messages this guy had sent me. And I had, like, I screenshotted the where I sent him a message that said, I got your blanks today, I will put them in the pile. And it had been like 11 months since he, granted, 11 months is a long time to begin with. But um, he was telling people I'd had his calls for his blanks for three years and just wouldn't do it. It's like, no, that's not even anywhere close to the case. I'd appreciate it if you would just keep your mouth shut. You know, for the most part, though, People message me, like I had a guy today message me, hey man, I really want to get a customer. And I said, you know, right now I'm not taking orders. If you'll get with me in a few months and see where I'm at. If I'm caught up, we'll work on it. Uh, guys that have got blanks in the shop, I mean, I've got, Scotty Bryan's got six or seven blanks out here in my shop that he sent me over the years. Hey man, when you get to my stuff, put this one in the pile for me or, um, Josh Hartley's got four or five blanks in my shop. Eric Ostevich's got a dang shelf in my shop of stuff that I owe for him. <laughs> I saw you, you post know, a picture of that the other day. And, and it's all trade calls. You know, make calls, you know, two of them are for his kids. A couple of them are for him. 
Um, it's all stuff I've owed him for forever. I owe Waylon Thompson a trade call. I owe Colton Thompson a trade call. I owe Ryan Douglas a trade call. I, I uh, hate to add to your list. I have one sitting on my mantle that I got done about uh, three months ago that was for you. So I owe you a uh, Buckeye and Blackwood call. Yeah, no, no, no. I ain't worried about that, but it was the first in-leg call. Just happened to have Hedge on it. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, you're speaking my language now, man. Yes, sir. But it is it is Buckeye and Blackwood, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I don't know if you've noticed that Buckeye has become harder to grab a hold of. I don't know if it's because of this podcast, but everybody knows... <laughs> you know that's uh that's my jam i think i might have plenty of that buckeye in the shop that's always good brother i uh freaking seth over at swampwood was doing a buckeye night the other night and you know it used to be i could get buckeye from him anytime you know he always yeah. had stuff on the website always had stuff lifted listed so i jumped on there i was doing a podcast um like 20 minutes after he started dropping blank pictures and i happened to grab one of them before i started and it was a customer really wanted a buckeye one and uh i was like all right i got my one customer one and uh my girl was like well i'll i'll watch this for you and i was like all right cool just grab anything that you think is unique cool whatever just grab it I'm not worried about whatever it costs. Just get anything that's cool. So <laughs> I gave her a picture of one that I specifically wanted. And it was super, super... It just had this weird orange stripe going through it. Like this golden orange yeah. stripe. And I was like, I've never seen that in all of my years of loving Buckeye. I was like, whatever you do, grab this sucker. So uh, I go to refresh the facebook feed while i'm doing the podcast you know because it's on speakerphone i go to look through right. it, and that one gets posted and i was like oh sweet all right cool i go to click on the comments and her name wasn't on there and i got done with the podcast and i was like you didn't even comment on there and she was like i clicked on it but i wasn't 100 percent sure that's the one that you wanted and i was like odds are you wouldn't have gotten it because there was 10 comments within like the first 10 seconds of the thing but I was like, son of a gun, man. But he's you know, got some he's put some really nice stuff up here lately. Dude. Some really nice stuff. He's taken most of my money. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I tell you what, I've got something coming from him that I can't disclose in public. But I'll send you a video of here in a little bit that will blow your mind. Yeah? Yeah. Wood or yep. uh, some kind of hybrid? Uh, some kind of hybrid. We'll just call it that. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. it will be. It will be the one and only. I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely curious now. That's you're gonna have to send me a picture of that or a video of that. I will. It is. I will. I'll send you a video of it <laughs> in a little bit. Oh man. So it's another one of those deals that's got me excited to get back out in the shop to do something. You know. Like, knowing that's coming, once it gets here, I don't care what I'm working on, that stuff's going up, and I'm going to do this until I get it finished, and then we'll go back to that other. That's what I was going to say, man. How, how do you, I get you back into, uh, you know, getting out of the funk? Because I remember what it was like for me, and you were hitting me up all the time. You know, hey, man, uh, get back into it, get back into it. Well, What is it going to take for you to get out of the funk? It's going to take me 
getting a break. And what I and I have I've thought about this quite a bit, and I've talked it over with a few different guys. What I think I'm going to do once I get caught up is I'm going to take a month off. May not even go in the shop. Once I get caught up, I'm, the only way I go to the shop is to grab a beer out of the refrigerator. Um, I'm just going. I'm just going to take. A, I'm just not going to do anything for a month, and then. I probably will do some kind of, I'm not going to take a whole bunch of orders. What I would like to do is just do, say, 15 calls a month. That's not a bunch, and that's very easy. I can do 15 calls a month and not sweat it. That way I'm not staring at 175 names on a piece of paper of people that want calls. You know, because when you start in on that, you never feel like you're going to get anywhere. Ever. Just, just not. So I think if I, instead of doing what I did in 2018, if I go to, you know what, I'm going to take, say it's 10 names. These 10 people, if you want three calls or two calls or one call or whatever, okay. I'm going to take these 10 names for this month. And I'm not doing anything until I get those calls done. And then when I get those calls done, I'll open up to X number of people and try to do where you can't get back on the list for six or eight months or something like that you know to keep to keep it where i'm getting new people getting calls and that kind of stuff i don't need a dirty dozen or i don't need some of that kind of stuff you know just keep it to where i can spread that out and not be staring at 175 names and going oh my god this is never going to end yeah, man, it's some of those little like trader pages and waffle pages and stuff that, you know, I know quite a few guys that they always have seem to have like five or six, you know, a week that go through those pages. And it's like, yeah. dude, that like I get it because it, it gets your numbers, you know, get a few more sales out of it. But it just seems like such a headache. You're hit. You're taking the loss on the margins by sending them out. It's kind of like yeah. running it through Bass Pro or something, you know? It's like yep. you're going by mass quantity versus freaking, you know, individual sales. And like you said, it's just a really quick way to burn yourself out. And I did a huge disservice a couple months ago because I had Ernie Ross on here for an hour and like 27 minutes. And <laughs> never once did we talk about his list and how he keeps things, you know, how he does his style of hey this is what i got if you want it buy it if not you know good luck next yeah time. i mean ernie could go make a call today and post it and i've talked to ernie about that several times he's he's uh ernie's a good guy he's very opinionated if you ever talk to him you know ernie's gonna tell you what he thinks regardless of how he thinks you'll take it and he doesn't care he's very opinionated <laughs> and he'll tell you you know I've heard him tell tons of guys, you sell your stuff way too cheap. Make a call, post it for sale, they'll buy it or they won't, and don't worry about a list. If you go that way, people will always want what you've got. You know, and he's right. I mean, that guy can make a call, post it for sale, and before he hits post, he's already got 20 messages in his inbox. People want to buy it. Yeah. Regardless, you know, that's just the way it works for him. Well, I'm, I'm not that lucky. Well, so. you are that lucky. If you could get out from under the list, you're that lucky. Because if people knew that you weren't making 250, 300 calls a year, 
whatever the hell that you're making right now, and you drop that sucker down to 100, 150, you know, people are going to be on the lookout all the time versus uh, just waiting on this never-ending list. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm as tired of the list as most of these customers are. I can assure you of that. Bro, what, I am ready. What I can tell you made the biggest difference for me was I, I just don't care. If you see me selling a call at a waffle or an auction, which I do them here and there from time to time, it's honestly just to get that call in somebody else's hand. If, like, yeah. I don't care about making money, like, I don't pay bills with calls, it helps. You know, if, if I got kids' birthdays or something else running around and I have some calls sitting around in inventory, I'm like, hey, well, let me just get rid of these real quick. So that way it's not coming out of the bill money. But yeah. uh, if I don't sell calls, I don't give a crap unless it's just buying more material. I like to have money hanging out so I can buy more material and not think about it. But uh, as far as selling them, I, do, I don't care if I sell a call. If I could give all of them away and keep doing it and keep buy, like getting more material, I would do it because yep. it's fun. Man, I've got a ton of really good burl stuff in my shop. Now, my shop's not as, as fancy as Alan's. Alan has some of the most amazing wood in his shop you could ever ask for. I don't know how much money that guy's got in wood. It's organized, and he's got it by color and by wood type all across the wall. There's tons of it. I don't have near as much as he does, but I've got a bunch of really good stuff. You and I get a lot of my stuff. <laughs> Do what? It said you better be insuring that sucker because that could be oh, a really I, expensive I'm, fire. Yes. My, mine's insured for sure. And I know his is too because we've, we've talked about that. Just, you know, uh, he's, Alan's a pretty damn sharp guy. He's He has pointed me in the direction business-wise on some of the stuff in uh, ways that I hadn't thought about with, you know, insurance and stuff in your shop. Make sure you've got it covered. Handling um, some of these other situations, you know, the, the negatives of trying to get your stuff in certain stores, stuff that he's gone through ahead of me, you know, when he started in 06 or whenever it was. Some of the stuff he learned, you know, baptism by fire kind of stuff, he said, you know, when we play golf, it's like, don't, you know, that's not going to turn out the way you want it to. You need to be careful, that type of stuff. Right. As much as, you know, I've never sat down and watched Alan make a call start to finish. Never. That's wild. He's never sat down and watched me make a call in my shop start to finish. Never. We just never have. When I go to his shop and we go out there and we sit in the shop, we very seldom actually end up working on calls. We'll sit there and drink beer and talk and watch golf or, or, whatever's going on um and his daughter and his wife will come out there and we'll just sit and talk very seldom do we actually make a call well we never actually make a full call. i've made a couple of calls in will's shop he's made a couple in my shop but i've never made a full call in alan's shop i've taken some stuff over there and and hey man run this call and tell me what you think it needs that kind of stuff but never Go up there, sit down, build a call. Never. Well, yeah, because you're there more for the camaraderie. You can work at Absolutely. Home, you know? Yeah. You know, and Waylon, like when Waylon comes over, you know, that's the thing. Waylon's 30 minutes, 45 minutes from me, and Alan's 20 minutes from me. Um, 
Waylon may bring something over. Hey, guys, I'm trying out this new tone board. Tell me what you think. He was telling me about that. <laughs> Tell you guys never, kicked him in the nuts a few times. <laughs> he, he had a lot of really flat stuff for a long time. <laughs> but it's never him come over, sit down in front of the lathe, and build a call, and us tell him what he's doing wrong. Never. Or vice versa. I've never been to, I've been to Waylon's house. Waylon never sat me down and said, you're doing that wrong, you need to do it this way. Never. Dude, I can tell you that that guy is so like we did our you know his podcast with him, and he told me the whole time leading up to it the whole week he was like, I just don't even know what I'm gonna talk about, man. I you know I just don't because you know you've told me a hundred times that he's not a big talker, and then he starts telling me about all these little projects that he does outside of calls. I was like, dude, you're like a a modern day freaking woodsman, you know? Like absolutely, you're straight out of eighteen hundreds. He's a mountain man. It's freaking crazy. And uh, I don't know. Were you at, let's see, was it, I want to say it was Real Foot two years ago when we were telling Razio how he drills his insert. Have you ever seen Waylon drill an insert? Well, probably not. (laughs) Unless, Unless Waylon has changed the way he does it. He has a quarter-inch drill bit with a pair of vice grips. That's how he drills his inserts. By hand? Like he turns the vice grips by hand? No, 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 no. He turns the lathe on. What? And holds that pair of vice grips up there till that drill bit catches. Oh, my. Before he turns it down or like as a blank piece of wood and then he runs like a a tail No, he'll turn it out, shape it up. Put the insert in the collet, and then drill it that way. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life. That's... It absolutely will blow your mind. And he gets them straight. Yes. The it's like I'm impressed, but why? <laughs> I see. That's, that's, you know, Waylon also used a flat jig for like 12 years before he finally got a jig made too. So. Yeah, that, that mountain man theory just keeps clicking in his head. He wants to do shit the old way, the hard way. Good lord! I was gonna say I'm gonna send him a thirty dollar Jacobs chuck. Just <laughs> throw that in your oh. tailstock, buddy. Watch your life change. Man, it was. I mean, we had to give him a hard time for three years before he would even consider getting jig made. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I have one hanging out. I'm gonna send it with your call here this week. I'm gonna send it out this week. And uh, I had somebody send me back an insert. They have like six or seven calls, and they're like, I really love this one. You should look at getting it jigged. And I pulled it out and threw it in a barrel, and I was like, I like it. I just happened to be tuning a call that day. And I was like, but I like this one more. And this is the problem (laughs) that I run into all the time. And I'm like, I'm never happy. And I'm just going to send it off. I'm going to send it to you to see what you think of it. But... uh, just to get it done, dude. It's so dumb. Uh, my hands kill me. And as much as it, you know, six months ago, yeah. I had only been back into it a couple months. So I was like, I'm not going to freaking invest the time when I'm this far out of practice. But now it's to the point. It was like, okay, I'm doing three or four calls a week. I have to have to get well, something done. What it took me forever to convince Waylon. And I tell Eric Ostadick the same thing. Eric's got a flat jig that he took and ground down with a dang bench grinder to yeah, put some kind of radius on 
And then he still has to, on top of that, you know, go back and shape it off for the file. Waylon would, what I tried to get Waylon to understand was, even if you're not completely satisfied with your the jig that you have made the first time, it's a more consistent starting point. So if you if you hit all your numbers as far as your tone channel length and your exhaust and everything's the same, you put that in there and you cut it off of that jig, you'll learn pretty quickly, okay, if it's if it's sticking, I need to sand it a little bit on the front, loosen it up. If you cut four or five that are sticking, you know, okay, they're all going to stick. So when they come out of the jig, a little bit off the front, take the stick out of it, and you're ready to roll. Um, and then as you take that, you get a more consistent starting point. You can slowly go, well, if I want to flatten that, if I, you know, like my first jig was an upslope. And it was really raspy. Not everybody could run it. It was hard to run because of the way the air hit the bottom of the reed. I mean, I can go into all that crap, but I'm not going to. <clears throat> so I just gradually started bringing it down and making it more parallel. That's what I did. And I gradually got it to where I could cut a pretty good parallel tone board off of my upslope just by filing the crap out of it. And then that's what I ended up doing to send off to the jig I've got now is I cut, cut, cut got to where I can make that like I want it be regular, and then I sent it off from, to have another jig made. <clears throat> but you start out with a more consistent um, platform than just a flat jig where you've got to start on the corner and put the radius in it a little at a time in the whole nine yards. So yeah, then you can start playing with your tone channel lengths and backboards and all that stuff. Your backboards and flaring the insert and lengthening lengthening all kinds of things or making going with a different tone channel or i mean there's all kinds of things you could do there you know <clears throat> yeah it's kind of like uh buying a, a crate engine and just knowing yeah you know i got i got me an ls absolutely now, drop it absolutely yeah it makes sense and that's what i've talked to a lot of different guys about and because i've talked to guys that have been making calls for freaking ever and then guys that uh you know, I've been doing it for a couple months and having the same flat jig conversation with damn near everybody, it seems like. Yep. I think starting with the flat jig is the way to go. Uh, it's a... It's going to take you longer to get where you want to go, but you'll know more when you get there. And you can take that so that when... So you start with a flat jig, you're going to learn, you know how to add rasp to a call, how to take stick out of a call, how to add hold to a call, all the things in a tone board that you need to know. And then once you get something that you feel like you can start with, once you um, have a jig made and you cut the first call off of that board, when you pick it up and blow it, you'll know instantly what you need to do. Because the, the mechanics are the same on any tone board, whether it's a cut down or an upslope or whatever, it's all the same mechanically as far as where you need to sand to do certain things on that tone board, or I think it is. See, that's, but you got to learn that off a flat jig to get there. That's where <clears throat> I've uh, I've had conversations with other guys, and uh, that's always the way that I've looked at it. Is your call making goes from you're just starting to make calls, you're making quacks, you're getting the concept figured out, but then when you can pick up a tone board and you can diagnose what needs yep. to be done on it that's where your game takes that next step and that's where you really elevated you know to being able to diagnose that call and get more out of it or you know yep. 
put more into it. And I think it's Will and I have had this discussion more than once, and me and Alan have too. It's it's different for every call maker. I could tell either one of those guys, hey man, this call's doing this, and they'll think of something different to try than what I would normally do too. You know, or instead of you know, my my two biggest things are tone channel length. I know for my call, if my tone channel's not long enough, it's going to stick. And by long enough, it's just a very, very small amount makes a big difference. Or if it's sticking, you got some issues on the front of your radius you need to work out. Or <clears throat> possibly a little bit of a dip in the tone board where my jig's kind of getting a little bit worn. And I got to be careful to, you know, like right out of the court notch, mine gets a little bit low sometimes if I'm not careful. But for Will, his may be something completely different. Or in his mind, it's something different to look at. So it's always good to have somebody that's a really good call maker. Hey, man, I got this call. I'm having trouble with this. I've tried this. What do you think I should do? You know? Yeah. And I think that's that's a huge <laughs> aspect of it and seeing how different guys look at different things. Because you get so set in your own ways of doing something and it works for you. And then uh, it's like, well, I didn't even think about that. You know, like, hell. It's a outside the box kind of deal. Yeah. Take, be able to step away from the project and look at it. Yep. So. I agree. What, hammer down this uh, this head-to-head. I want to hear what, what your plan is, what you're thinking. What do you want to see happen with your head-to-head? I want to see us try something different. <clears throat> So, um, we talked about neither one of us makes a double read at all. Because yeah, double reads I, suck. Well, I agree. I but, hate tuning them. Oh, I hate them, period. Mm-hmm. But it would be cool for the two of us to get together and the both of us make a double read. So, who makes a better bad double read? You know? Or, or we talked about maybe making a Main Street call or... Uh, just anything or starting out I mean seems like a lot of those guys when I posted up my reveal a lot of those guys were like why don't y'all just get together and start with a flat jig and see who can make a better call off the flat jig in a certain amount of time I like it I mean there's there's lots of options it's just a matter of sitting down and and then us going hey let's do this and then if if that's what it is you know a flat jig we gotta get a flat jig because mine vanished and I haven't been able to get it back. <laughs> so get you a, both of you get you a three five. Uh, I think Will may have one. There you go. You know how I've never messed with the big one. Mine's a mine's a three mine's a three thirty five. Yeah. Instead of a three fifty five. So I mean there's there's lots of options we could do. Uh, there's a ton of things we can do. It's just a matter of doing something we can both agree and then get together where we can make it happen. If it's me going up there to his house and us uh, doing it at his place or him coming down here, either one. And then figuring out if we want to, you know, auction the two calls off for some kind of charity deal or uh, winner takes both calls or, or, or whatever, you know, do something. Yeah, 
I dig it, man. I, I want to see it happen. And I, the more that we talk about it, the more I have this head-to-head bracket thing bouncing around in my head. I might have to explore. And I think here's the, and this may sound a little bit selfish. I think so many of us do so much in the way of fundraisers and charities and all that stuff as it is. And it's not to be overlooked because, I mean, I've been a part of helping a lot of people that were in really bad shape and need some help over the years, you know. But I, at some point, that's going to run out. I mean, people are, people are going to get tired of trying to, to help every everything that comes up, you know. Oh, yeah, you can't. You just can't. You can't you give can't. away to everything. You can try. And I, believe me, I give away to just about anything people ask me about. But at some point, that's gonna you're just going to have to say no and then um, see what happens. But it would be nice to do something like that where all the calls in this little bracket challenge go to St. Jude's or um, the American Cancer Society or something like that. You know, all these calls go together and say we pick 32 call makers, <clears throat> make the best, make the best you got. All 32 calls at the end of this get auctioned off for charity or, or, you know, however, or, come up with like catch a, send send the money to catch a dream or something you know right something like that i think that would be the best way to do it and, yeah i, I but, my idea is maybe just one standard type of wood everybody does blackwood everybody does a uh, a boat art call or something like that and yeah. it's like you, most people have that on hand it's not expensive and theoretically, at max, you'd be making three calls over six months. So it's not going to cut into your books. It's not going to, you know, be a huge detriment. Yeah. You have to do anything too crazy. I don't know. I think there's ideas with it to bounce around and definitely weed out. But that's another thing is there's so much stuff popping up is I don't want to just be another person that's like, hey, here's this idea. Yeah. I know you just made another contest call last week and now you're going to make another one this week. Well, that's kind of one of the deals that, like, with Seth, if he had pushed his back a couple months, let everybody recover from the from the one they just did. Let some of these head-to-head matches go and let some build-up, let's get some more build-up back in it. And then him say, you know, hey, let's try this and see how it goes. I think that would be, uh, it probably would be met with less backlash, Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, man. And I think we're doing the like the head-to-head bracket style is you have four call makers a week. Those are the only ones that have to build a call. And then the guys that next week, they know that they're at next week. And then the guys two weeks from now, they know they're two weeks from now. Yeah. So it's not like you're having to drop everything, build a call in the next five days to give away. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be done. Any of it can be done. It, like I said, it's just a matter of getting it together and getting all your logistics worked out and making it happen. Yeah. You know? And and somebody being willing to uh, put in all the time to oversee the stupid thing, you know, that's a lot of headache to keep up with. That's very Like, John, John did an amazing job with the one he did. <clears throat> Keeping everything lined out and getting prizes and getting Mingo to where Mingo would run the calls and all that stuff. I mean, that's a lot of work involved in all that, and those two did a really, really good job with it. 
Yeah, I agree, man. It's a it's a freaking headache. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, brother, it's been good, man. We've been needing to do another one for a long time. Nobody listens to me anyway. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, I would. I've got a wife and two kids, and they know none of them listen to me. It don't get no different outside of the house, I promise. Oh, that's how the, the girlfriend says. She's like, honestly, I haven't listened to a single one of your episodes. And I'm like, well, that's good. It's not for you. <laughs> oh, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about none of them listen to me in general. <laughs> they don't listen to a word I say. Well, that's mine. i got to go get all the, uh, the kids rounded up in the shower in the next 30 minutes and start getting ready for bedtime after that. Yeah. i got to go out to the shop. Oh, I'm fixing to eat dinner, and then I go to the shop and cut a couple of tone boards, and then see where I go from there. But I'll be <laughs> in the shower and in bed shortly myself. I gotta get up at four o'clock. Ooh, mine's four thirty tomorrow, so I get to sleep in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I hope you have a good night, and you make sure right, to send me that uh, send me that video. Absolutely. As soon as I get off the phone with you, I'll send it to you. You just got to make sure that you don't tell nobody. You keep <laughs> All right. I'll make sure to post it up on calling that tonight. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, brother. All right, man. Be easy. Bye, buddy. Later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Mig Michael Meredith. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to hit that... Uh, subscribe leave us a review on itunes share and like this sucker on facebook um should have another one for you guys tomorrow um i'm trying to do these things back to back today since it's kind of the day off for me and uh throw some kiddos in the shower real quick anyway thank you guys for tuning in have a good one